the Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nook is spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. JJ German for the win. He got it. JJ German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff, and you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. And I am the sidekick, Mike Gallagher. Thanks so much, folks, for coming along with us on Veterans Day being observed on the ETSU campus this Friday. Campus is closed, so we taped much of our show early. Jay Sandos will be along with bold predictions in segment number four. Yesterday with Austin Herrick going home today, ETSU football in the bye week. He has a chance to get away, as do the rest of the ETSU football players, with no game tomorrow. He's back in Chattanooga, so yesterday morning we had he and Matt Thompson, who's actually joining us for the route tree as well uh, fifth year in his collegiate career redshirt senior and came in the same time Austin Herrick did in that 2015 year and those two will be going through the route tree with us and we won't do a traditional route tree as a matter of fact we we're having such a good back and forth I thought that we could just put the route tree aside the scenarios where we set up Austin Herrick and set up is the key word I suppose to either look brilliant or look like he may need some more work in professionally deciding which way to go uh we look at scenarios from history in sports and Austin Herrick in pre-planned scenarios says to a couple of questions, hey, I think I'd do this, I'd do this, I like this, I like that. And then his scenario, his route, as we put it in the route tree, has been chosen. We lay out the scenario. He reads a quote. I go through the story and that is the route tree. But for about 40 minutes in the middle of this show, it's just going to be Austin Herrick, Matt Thompson, and myself talking ETSU football where they've been where they are now, where the program is going, some history between Austin and Matt that goes all the way back to eighth grade and also some turning points in this year. And there was some conversation about the incident between Randy Sanders and Tyree Robinson back from April. Um, I was surprised that it was brought up, quite honestly, but it, it was a rallying point Austin Herrick and Matt Thompson talked about with how Tyree and Randy both handled it. And to be able to just cut open a bit of a vein with that story was very interesting as well. So a lot coming up with Austin Herrick and Matt Thompson in the route tree. Again, Veterans Day being observed here on campus. It's pretty empty. Uh, no one's really here, but wanted to definitely come into studio. Sandos and the sidekick has your back on this Friday because we firstly like to get a show out every single day of the week have I think taken one day off since we started this is episode 54 but also because there was a big event in ETSU athletics last night ETSU men's basketball with their home opener against Hawassi coming off a loss to Georgia State 74 to 68 that on Tuesday night against the defending Sunbelt champions Hawassi was and this was one of the terms that a lot of people used a get right game quote unquote Hawassi of the NCCAA and while people were talking about the game being exactly that going up to tip off it did prove 
to hold that title as we went through the contest as it was out of hand very early on at halftime. ETSU led 58-19 to using a 25-1 to run in the first half to be able to put a tremendous amount of distance between themselves and the Tigers. And ETSU got to use 13 players, a lot of debuts on that bench for ETSU of players that didn't get to play against Georgia State as Steve Forbes looks at his rotation, tries to get some more people some action, be able to rely on his bench more. Uh, Davian Williamson is someone that did play in that Georgia State game. He was out there off the bench. James Harrison as well, Kavon Tucker. Uh, But some debuts, um, aside from Trey Boyd, DeAndre Bernard, Davian Williamson, James Harrison, Kavon Tucker, the five that did play off the bench last game. You had uh, Carlos Curtis come in and score eight points. Miles Raznick late on in the game had his first career points on a layup and then also hit a three. And Octavian Corley, he looked good as well. Nearly a double-double, nine points and ten rebounds. In the starting five, Milad Narmas went 15-10. and 10. He picks up a double-double. Jerome Rodriguez, five for seven from the field, ten points, ten rebounds, three assists as well. And Bo Hodges had 12 points with two rebounds, four assists, and a steal. That 15 from Milad Narmas we talked about, that is a new career high. And Isaiah Tisdale, he didn't need to do much last night. Just played 14 minutes, two or three from the floor, two rebounds, an assist, and four points. Really the minute spread between everyone. No starter played more than 17. Off the bench, DeAndre Bernard and Davian Williamson, 23 and 22 minutes respectively. ETSU shoots 61% from the floor, 56 rebounds to 22 for Hawassi, who, as we mentioned, are able to put up only 44 points, 29% from the field, out-rebounded by that 34 margin. And it was just an ugly evening for the Tigers, who have five Division I games on their schedule, three of them in the Southern Conference, and that certainly makes for some demoralizing nights. But in Hawassi's side of things, you have to figure that they plan that out that way. So once they get to their league play, and they're not a bad league team themselves in the NCCAA in the conference they play in, but once they get there, they're going to be prepared and then some for some of the competition that they will face. But ETSU, a 65-point win in postgame. Steve Forbes said it couldn't have been much better. If I was going to script a game like this, this is how I would want to script it. I thought it went exactly how I kind of wanted it to go. Everybody, 13 guys, played double-digit minutes. Uh, we got some work in against man-to-man. We haven't seen a lot of man-to-man recently, Jay. You know, Georgia State didn't play any in, in the exhibition game. They played a little bit, but not a lot. So we got to play some man. You know, we shot it with confidence, and uh, we're getting up a lot of shots in games. We, we had 74 shots against Georgia State. We got 75 up tonight. We had 56 rebounds. We had 50 against Georgia or 47 against Georgia State. A lot of positives across the board. Yeah, so really early on, a very good rebounding team. And you almost wonder with what Jerome Rodriguez, Milad Narmas, who regardless of how he plays, seems like is going to be a staple in this rotation, right? All-freshman team last year played very well in his first season. And while he didn't have a great game against Georgia State, comes back and leads the team in scoring, goes 7-9 from the field, gets 10 rebounds. You think that he's probably cemented in that starting lineup. You've got Jerome Rodriguez, who we know that Steve Forbes has been high on for the two years he's been here, despite Rodriguez having to miss last year with that injury. And then you've seen James Harrison put forth some good minutes. Yeah, he hasn't played a lot of them early on. Five in the first game, now 13 here in game two. But he had eight points and two assists, two rebounds. So Octavian Corley on top of that, I mean, nine points, ten rebounds. You've got some depth in that front court, it seems like. Are Corley and Harrison going to be relied on a lot outside of Rodriguez and Armas? That definitely remains to be seen. 
but encouraging, undoubtedly, if you're Steve Forbes and that coaching staff, that Corley looked good last night. Harrison has looked good in two consecutive games. And while Mladen a bit up and down in those first two games, he's a staple. Dromi Rodriguez seems like he will be as well. The battle for that first big man off the bench spot between Harrison and Corley, I think Harrison definitely has the advantage with, with the tremendous offensive game that he brings. But, boy, Corley last night can't be disappointed with what he did either. So very good for ETSU to have all those positives Coach Forbes talked about, especially with Sunday being a big game against Creighton. ETSU had the chance to go down to Georgia State, get that victory, and make a statement early on in the mid-majors. Could not do that. Came very close. Had the game in their hands. Just let it slip away with a bit of lack of composure down the stretch. Now Creighton, the team, yeah, projected ninth in the preseason poll in the Big East out of 10 teams, but the Big East, a very competitive league, and they're going to run, get up and down the floor. An NCAA tournament team from last year as well, and with the league being what it is and being an NCAA tournament team as the Blue Jays were, this definitely presents another chance for ETSU, Steve Forbes, and the Bucks to go and make another statement. Here's Coach Forbes' thoughts on Creighton. I think our guys are excited to go play there. I, they, I think they learned a lot from Tuesday night's game on how, how hard it is to win on the road. But the encouraging thing is I think they've learned that defense, when the offense goes away, you still have defense to win games. We had a chance to win the game without having really playing good offense because we played good defense. And so um, that's encouraging. and. Uh, I'm looking forward. I know our guys are looking forward to the challenge on Sunday. So that learning will be put to the test. 1.30 is tip-off. I believe it's on FS1. Can't quite remember if that is their main game or if they've pushed that to FS2. Uh, I'm not sure. Just do know that we will have you here on the Buccaneer Sports Network. 1.30 is tip and 1 o'clock pregame on AM640 WXSM and the entire Buccaneer Sports Network. Okay, ETSU men's basketball. Big victory last night. Now let's turn to football and get into the route tree with Austin Herrick. That's when we're back on Sandos and the Sidekick. Matt Thompson joins, too, on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Congrats. You made it. Through National Ice Cream Day, National Hot Dog Day, and even National Sunglasses Day, you took on the heat, took care of the yard, and even took a vacation. But now it's October, and you finally have a chance to breathe. And with that chance to breathe also comes a chance for fun when you play new October Instant Games. Pick up one of four new games for a chance to win $1,000 up to a $1 million. Fall into some fun with new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Are you having fun at bad time? Mm, you smell fresh as spring. Hey, Frank, is this lettuce ready for the customers? No, no, not yet. Frank, they're perfect. Let go of the cart. No, Frank, now. 
but I didn't get to say goodbye. At Food City, our produce experts are passionate about offering the freshest fruits and vegetables around. We're Food City, and we're very picky about produce. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Sandos and the Sidekick, my name is Mike Gallagher. This is segment number two of our Friday show. It's been a bye week for ETSU football, but we've managed to fill the time. That's good. Austin Herrick's back with us before he heads home, getting some time off ETSU, preparing certainly this past week and definitely even more so in this coming week for the outright Southern Conference Championship game against Sanford. Devlin Hodges is throwing for like a million yards a game. That'll obviously be a key for ETSU to stop, but they control their own destiny in terms of getting that outright Southern Conference Championship. Have already claimed a share of it, but it makes things a lot easier when it comes to playoff projections if the Bucks can take down the Bulldogs on November 17th, 1 p.m. pregame on WXSM at 11.30. Austin Herrick actually joined by another redshirt senior, Matt Thompson, this week. Matt, thank you so much for taking some time with us. Austin, you brought him along, and uh, we're excited to have you both. Yep, thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Uh, let's just talk about, firstly, the Mercer game. And Robert Harper, who is the sideline reporter uh, for the Buccaneer Sports Network, said it, and I kind of felt the same way. I went into the game saying, and I think I've done this maybe two or three times now this year because the old stat is ETSU football has never won until this year more than three games by three points. And now we've done it double that. And I went into this last week saying, I, I just don't think that we can continue to do this. I, we can't pull this off again, right? The odds are so stacked against us as you continue. But it, it also, then there's the other side of it where, you know, you flip a coin how many times? 100 is supposed to be 50-50, but each flip is independent of the next, right? And so with ETSU football right now, close games are not the flippable coin. It's almost a guarantee, it seems like, that you take down the team across from you. Just talk about that game and, firstly, Artavia Smith stepping up, Braxton Richburg stepping up, that next man up mentality Coach Sanders talks about. Yeah, you know, I, I think that these close games, they're they're getting old. I'd like to, you know, have a little cushion in the fourth quarter like Coach talks about. But, you know, we're still winning, which is great. But, um, you know, that game, yeah, I feel like we could have, you know, we had some opportunities to really extend our lead there in the second half, and for whatever reason we didn't. Um, but, you know, for us to execute that final drive and go down there and, you know, seal the deal, uh, get that first down and was able to, you know, take those knees to end the game, I think that kind of shows where we're at as a program where, you know, we can still grind these victories out uh, and do it in a, in a way where, you know, it's all on us to go, go get the job done. And for us to close out a game like that, I think was really encouraging for me. 
Um, and then you, you mentioned the next man up mentality. Um, you know, this season has been difficult for a lot of us in terms of, you know, being ready to go because that is tough. You know, you work hard all year round and, you know, whenever, you know, you don't get your opportunity, you just have to wait to get your opportunity. Um, and I think we've done a great job of that as a team. And, you know, with Braxton, he's been working hard all year and, you know, staying, staying the course. And for him to get 10 receptions, I thought that was really cool. And Art, I mean, he's one of the hardest workers I've ever been around. And he goes out there and is Southern Conference Player of the Week. So um, couldn't happen to two better teammates. And I think that shows where we're at as a program as well. You know, Matt, you've been around this program as long as Austin has. To me, what stood out about that game was just the way you finished. I mean, five minutes and 20 seconds. Usually teams in that situation, I'm not sure that I've seen a team with that much time on the clock wasted away like that and be able to put a game to bed. Usually you'll see them, you know, get maybe a first down or two, but give the ball back with, you know, two, three minutes left in the clock, leave it up to the defense. But I'm wondering if that's the most impressive drive that you've seen considering time and circumstance for ETSU football since it's been back. Um, I'd say probably between that game right there and possibly the Furman game, I think that Coach Sanders is a good job of emphasizing for us, if we do what we're supposed to do, you know, we're going to win. You know, we chose the big guys up front and the running backs, you know, we do a good job like that. And like Coach Sanders says, you know, just don't flinch. You know, we got there and take care of business and everything was handled itself. Jacob Saylor, you're running back much like Jacob Saylor's Quay Holmes. Mm-hmm. And since you have been around for as long as you have, I'm wondering if you had any words for Jacob Saylor's when he came back over to the sideline after he busted that big run. Mm-hmm fumbles right down by the goal I'm sure that was just a devastating feeling for him how do you keep a guy up in that situation especially knowing that a touchdown was right there right you're running back yourself and I'm sure at some point during your career you felt that way how do you keep a guy up in that situation um you know every player is a little bit different you know Jacob Sellers you know he's a young guy true freshman got a lot of ability a lot of talent's gonna be a big player for us he's a big player for us right now um, basically, just keep them motivated. Let them know, like, hey, you know, we've been in worse situations before. We've been down by 17 points. We've been in way worse situations. we got a great defense. We've got a good coaching staff, good offensive line. We all still believe in you. You made big plays for us. And just the week before, on a fourth and one play, you, ran to the t- you took it to the house for a touchdown. You know, we all still believe in you. Don't get down on yourself. I'm going to ask you to critique Austin Herrick's running ability because he, for whatever reason, seems like it's always the ball in his hands in the biggest situations. Of course, a quarterback, right? But it's running rather than throwing the ball. And we talked about it last week, Austin, and once again it was the case this week. Third and five designed, it looked like to me, because he had the lead blocker out left, designed quarterback rollout, and you run it for the first down. What would you think of how he finished that run? It, was, it wasn't too shabby, was it? It wasn't shabby at all. I know Coach Sanders, he cracks on him a lot about his <laughs> running. He said he kind of reminds him of his uncle in the backyard in Thanksgiving running. But <laughs> but um, I, I love Austin to death. You know, it might not be a 4-4 or 4-5 out there, but it's true just gut and determination. And, you know, there's obviously a reason we trust the ball in his hands. You know, fourth and one, two-point plays, you know, he's going to lower short. He's going to get those yards. It's just pure man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a chance to rebut to that. So, Randy has used the words, you're like an uncle in the backyard on Thanksgiving. Wow. Yeah, he says that quite a bit. Now, <laughs> he, he did say that he could outrun me, which I would love to have the chance to, to outrun him. I'd say I'd predict a pulled hamstring by him because he doesn't look like he's very limber. Um, but, no, I mean, it was a great play call. When he called it, he said, now, be ready to go because um, you may have to hit somebody. And so – so I'll be ready to go, Coach. And, um, you know, when I initially got off the, the fake there, I thought, heck, we could score a touchdown. But, obviously, I'm not the fastest guy, so they caught up to me pretty quick. And um, I was thinking there, like, 
I got a week to heal up. We got this bye week, so why not leave it all out there? And, you know, we were fortunate to get the first down, and uh, it was a really cool way to end that game. It is interesting. Well, firstly, before I get to that, what is the 40? What was the last time you ran a 40? Do you do that in camp? Is that something you still do as, like, a drill or anything or no? No. So we've ran a few here, um, but, I mean, they've been timed on iPhones, so I don't really trust. <laughs> okay, so it's uh, above five seconds is what you're saying. If you no, don't so them. in high school, um, we ran one at the Memphis camp. And uh, they clocked me in a four six, but I think that wow. was. Wow! I think they got the wrong kid there. Wind aided, so, yeah. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I, I say that because Memphis recruited me, and they're recruiting me as a dual threat guy. So good thing I didn't go there because they wouldn't Better have got what the they cap. were expecting. Yeah, sure. Um, but no, I uh, I would say just with my best guess, I would be a four eight four nine guy. No, that's not a bad time, Matt. Like you know, running backs usually are going to be faster than that. But for a quarterback, four eight four nine isn't too shabby. No, not shabby at all. What do you think about that, Tom? Is that is that pretty accurate, or no? I would say I would say during camp, you know, when we're working out, we're in good shape, and during the summer, I would give you a good low four seven. Wow! Wow! I appreciate that. Maybe well, Memphis wasn't so off base. Yeah, maybe not. You talk about Randy, <laughs> and I think that in a way, it's very interesting how you guys interact. Like we brought this up last week a little bit too, but while. You'll crack on him a little bit here and there. He'll crack on you a little bit here and there. It seems like a really healthy relationship, and him a quarterback himself and has nurtured so many great quarterbacks. Uh, he expects a lot of you, right, being a quarterback guy, and he wants the best for you. He wants you to succeed, but there's some tough love there. At the same time, how does the fact that he trusts you in those situations, those biggest situations where you need victories, that has to feel – very confidence instilling in the fact that yeah you know we we have our fun and he really you know um he, he gets after me a bit but when it comes down to it he does still trust you to do the right thing in situations hold on to the ball go get what is needed so that almost feels like it would erase a lot of that and be like look yeah coach does trust me with all this yeah you know coach like you said he is pretty hard on me but there's a rhyme or reason for everything um you know i, I think kind of speaking to him you know putting me in situations towards the end of the games to you know make a big play I think that kind of shows how he believes in our offense he's not afraid he doesn't call games scared um, he calls big plays he calls the trick plays we practice and practice where some coaches wouldn't do that he trusts us to go out there and execute and I think that gives our whole offense and our whole team really confidence uh, to make plays when they're needed to be made I want to talk about some bigger picture stuff now because we can go over more stats and everything. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we break that down ad nauseum on this show, and stats only tell part of the story. And the story of ETSU football is a lot bigger than this. And having two redshirt seniors here, I'd like to talk a little bit about it because we're on this push for college game day and want to get it here and are diving a lot back into archives and, and trying to tell this story in the little way that we can um, on, on the stage that we have. And that's where we're trying to get ESPN here, right? Because this is, to me and to a lot of people, you know, on the second floor we're down in the studio today taping this a bit ahead of time um, because uh, Austin's going home by a week, some time off and time away, and then come back refocused. But with everything that's gone on with ETSU football and, and coming in with, you know, not a football to your name. You know, you didn't have goalposts, didn't have this, didn't have that, didn't have uniforms, etc. cetera. Uh, and it may seem like an obvious question, but for both of you, and Matt, you can start if you want, just knowing what's possible, the fact that we are making a game day pitch, right? I mean, 2014, that was beyond the realm of anything. Going to the NCAA, uh, NCAA FCS playoffs, that's something that 
It's not a sure thing right now, but you're in a very good position and are guaranteed an FCS spot with a win next Saturday. These are things that I think for a lot of you at some points may have been unfathomable and certainly looking from an outsider perspective, five years to go from where you were to where you are. Kind of describe that if you can. Well, I didn't come here in the very first recruiting class like Austin, some of the guys where I transferred in here, but from when I came in here till now, it was more about building great character and going out there and playing hard and giving all you got and just hope on a dream. But now as soon as Coach Sanders comes in here, it's just like he made sure he wanted to win right now. I mean, he even made a statement that we we started practicing with playoff balls, you know, because he believed that that was a mission that he was going to come here and do. And I, this should be a 30 for 30 on ETSU football. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. We're just going from just going into the possibility of a game, just saying, hey, like, if we do this and we do that, you know, if they make some mistakes, you know, we, we can possibly win this game to go in, in every game believing, you know, we're going to win. Yeah. And it, we're only going to beat ourselves. And that's it. I mean, I, I truly believe that this program is taking a big step forward. And people don't want to share this conference ring. You know, people are not content. You know, it's like, oh, we have a ring. You know, people can be content, but we're still out there, full pads in practice. We're working and we're grinding, and we really want to make it to this playoffs and win this thing out right. Yeah, you know, to see where it's came, I, I remember, um, like Matt, I transferred in here too, and I remember in my first workout I, I was looking, I was like, well, is this the whole team? Is this all we got, you right. know? And then I started to realize, you know, this is a brand-new program. We're really starting this thing up. And, you know, you bring up the new un- or uniforms, not having those. I can remember, you know, walking in from practice and then unveiling the uniforms and me thinking, goodness. Like, you just – as those moments happen, you really realize, like, we're starting this thing from scratch. And to see where we've came, you know, that, that first two and nine team, yeah. um, we had a bunch of really good guys on that team. That was a fun team to be around. But – uh, we called ourselves the Bad News Bucks. I mean, <laughs> we'd go out there, and uh, it just wasn't, you know, we knew a lot of the games we were about to play that we didn't have a chance, yeah. and that was rough. And then we get to that second year, and we start off so hot by beating, you know, um, Kennesaw State yep. and then uh, Western Carolina at Bristol. And, you know, we're on top of a mountain right there thinking, you know, we we could, you know, run the table. We could go to the playoffs, you know, and we're thinking things are so great. Then the next four games, I think we got outscored like 150-something to like 20. I mean, it was awful. And so then morale goes way back down again. And then last year, you know, we're two or three plays away from, you know, winning some really crucial games like uh, Citadel and Wofford. And, you know, I don't know that any of us before this season really thought we would be in the position we are now. I remember, you know, before the season looking at the schedule and thinking, man, if we could just flip – the win column where we could go from four wins to seven and seven losses to four. Like if we could just do that, it'd be, that's a huge success. That's an amazing year. I didn't even get to, you know, eight and two, you know, I, it just never crossed my mind. So, um, to be here right now, it's almost surreal, but knowing, you know, how coach Sanders has came into this program and kind of changed the way we believe and our goals and what we value and things like that, um, it's not as surprising to be in the moment. I know that after this season here in a few months, I'll look back and be like, how did that happen? But right now, I think we all believe that you put anyone out there, we can compete with them and we can beat them. We just have to trust what coach is telling us to do. And, you know, I feel like one of the things we believe is we're the toughest team every time we play. Um, this is our bye week in week 10, and we're going full pads every day, hitting each other. 
you know, last year we'd probably been in shorts, and most other teams are in shorts right now. But we're out here in full pads, you know, and it's just it's just the mentality of, you know, we're not going to be soft. We're going to be a tough team, and you're going to have to fight for 60 minutes to beat us. Tell you what, we're going to take a break. What, I'm, what I think is a good idea, since you're both here and you have a little bit more time, right, we can go a little bit longer. Uh, it'll be pretty much as long as, you know, we usually go and go into segment three, but I think we're just going to slide the route tree aside because we got a ton of topics to cover. We can do route tree next week, and, and we've got plenty more of those in the can. But Matt Thompson and Austin Herrick are back with us after this word from the Buccaneer Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated healthcare system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official healthcare provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has an all-new... You had me at Wendy's. Good, because Wendy's has a new bacon cheeseburger, and it's called... You had me at bacon. Well, what if I told you Wendy's kept going and added a smoky, tangy sauce, and it's called the Sawsome Bacon... You had me at Sawsome. It's called the Sawsome Bacon Classic. Sawsome Bacon Classic? Sounds amazing. Why didn't you just say that from the start? Also, if you download the Wendy's app, you'll get special offers like $2 off any combo. Huh, well, now you have me downloading the Wendy's app. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks. But we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name, renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. New coach, new era, new day. Here from ETSU football head man Randy Sanders, all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster. Santos and the Sidekick, segment three, Friday show. Matt Thompson, Austin Herrick, both 
along with us, Nat Thompson, Richard Sr., running back, Austin Herrick, Richard Sr., quarterback, long-storied history, both of them with ETSU, and we kind of left off with what it's been like to see the program come as far as it has. One thing I'm very interested to hear from both of you, uh, and we're going to do the route tree actual version again next week, pick up with that on Austin Herrick, but uh, with Matt Thompson here, it's just great to have both your perspectives because while I think it seems like, again, that a lot of players have like thoughts about a lot of things and are reflecting what Coach Sanders says, I think there's little intricacies you can pull out with each one of you. And everyone says that you trust Randy Sanders, and it's just been so easy. What made it so easy to trust Coach Sanders? Because I think especially being with one coach your entire career and then having a new guy come in, it would be easy for a lot of players to just be like, well, who is this guy? You know, Where's our other coach? I wanted to play for him, et cetera, et cetera. But why for each of you was it just so easy to slide into the regime of Coach Sanders? Uh, well, when I first transferred from the Citadel, uh, we had a coach named Mike Houston, and uh, he was trying to build a program there, new foundation, new coach. And in the very next year, for the next two seasons, you know, they won the SoCon Championship, went on James Madison. And he had some of the same just hard-nosed, grit football philosophies. And um, I'm from Morristown, where Coach Sanders is. Went to Morristown East, same where as he is. So I've heard a lot of good stories about him growing up. I mean, especially going to high school. I mean, he's all over the wall and stuff like that. And so um, in the beginning of it, you know, as hard as we were working, you know, we hadn't really got worked that hard. You know, it pushed us to a whole new level. It's like, man, you know what? This, we are getting just destroyed out here in camp. I mean, my body's sore. It's only after week one, everything like that. And it was just like, man, I hope this really pans out. And after we got, the, and after we got that first good tough win, it was just like, man, okay, you know what? All this hard work is really coming together, and I can see why he's pushing us this hard because in games like you know like we had last year, some of those crucial moments, we folded. And now we're, we're succeeding and we're doing good. So it was like, you know what? I really believe in this, and I'm going to buy in. So. For me, I, I think initially he – he had respect just from where he came from and his track record. Um, as a quarterback, I've seen who he's worked with, and I grew up watching Tennessee football, and I saw you know Randy Sanders, offensive coordinator, with Casey Clawson and Eric Ainge and those guys, and so I remember that, and so his name was familiar, and I knew all about his career, so that you know demanded some respect in itself. But you know, I, I think that. You know, to earn respect of everyone on the team, um, because having those connections for individual people is going to happen, right? But yeah. for a hundred some guys, exactly. And yeah, this I, I don't know, like, um, you know how how you'll take this, Matt, and maybe you can add on to it. But I think when the whole incident happened in the spring, we saw how he handled it. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people was like he just owned up to it completely, and he handled that probably better than I've seen anyone else handle a situation like that and all of us I think that brought the team closer together because we were like you know we we know he's the right guy for this job we could just feel it and you know when he the way he handled it and you know how everything came back together was just flawless and at that point I trusted him to to lead us through anything and so um I think for a lot of us that was the the turning point to hey all right this is our guy kind of come together through adversity right? oh yeah oh yeah most definitely i mean we we even we had some some player meetings about it and we we had some discussions about it and you know the guys were just like you know this is our team and we can make it do with what we want it to be and he said if you guys want me to be your coach you know i'd love to still be your coach and i hope that i can have your respect back and he stood in there in front, in front of all of us you know and we all respected him we said yeah we love you to be our coach so we had his back and um I fully supported him for that, you know, just having our backs. 
And it's incredible to see. You think about seven months ago, the people involved, you know, now Randy Sanders is up for FCS National Coach of the Year, and you've got a guy that could win Defensive Player of the Year in the Southern Cup. Yeah, I mean, it's could absolutely be All-American, yeah. Right, I mean, so that didn't break either person, and they've yeah. gone on to together have – it's really – and, of course, you never want to see something like that, obviously, but it, it is incredible to see how – not only the team, but those two in particular, it seems like, have united and had such tremendous success. Yeah, as you say that, it just makes me think of kind of like the overall story of this team. It's right. just we're better through adversity. Just last week, uh, Art Smith, you know, he, after, you know, getting benched and, you know, losing a spot, he comes back and, you know, is a so-called player of the week. You know, that happened because of adversity. Braxton Richburg hasn't played much all year. He gets a shot. And you know, break some, you know, receiving reception deal. So um, I, I think for whatever reason, this team's kind of been built by adversity. So that makes us tougher. And you know, I, I guess adversity and toughness are the two big things that that make us go. And um, those are two pretty good qualities to, to you know, get going off of. What's it going to be like to know that you two have left? an image on ETSU. You've taken such a big step in your final year here because it is really going out with a bang, right? I mean, it's what everyone hopes for in their senior year. And, Matt, you can speak to this first if you'd like. I mean, it's just unbelievable to see the progression, the strides, and the huge jump this year. But you guys are going to have this forever. No one can take this season from you. And it's much like Coach Sanders, I think, said early on in the year, where, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, these guys are going to get together uh, for, you know, reunions, for whatever, you know, around a fire somewhere, whatever the case may be, and be able to say, gosh, do you remember that 2018 season? I mean, that, that has to be just an incredibly fulfilling feeling. Oh, yeah, it, it definitely does, especially from going to a couple of years ago. I mean, losing the Division two teams and things like that, to come, like nobody would expect that here. And so going into your senior season, come back for your fifth year, just – do I really want to come back for my fifth year? You know, is it really worth coming back for? You know, some guys, we stuck it out, and then, you know, at the Christmas break, heard that Randy Sanders was coming here, and it's just like, you know what? I believe that something's going to change, and he came here with that mindset. And then just being an older guy and, you know, sharing some of your stories with some of the younger guys of how things were and how things are now and how much, you know, come along, those younger guys will appreciate it. And they can see that, and they work hard. And, you know, Jacob Sailors and Quay Holmes, you know, I've talked to them, me and Corey Coulter, some of the older Mentor guys. them, I'm sure so. Yeah, you know, and they really appreciate it. Come back to the sidelines, hey, like, what's going on? You know, a player too. you know, just help them out and keep on going. So yeah. it really feels good making an impact on some of these younger guys and seeing them really be able to produce, you know, it feels really good. Well, then I'm sure it also feels good to know that after you're gone, oh, yeah. you'll feel like you had an impact on those guys and helping their success. Oh, yes, most definitely. I can't wait to, you know, come back and be, you know, I'm already an alumni, but come back, you know, my college career is over and come back and watch these guys play. And I believe that Randy Sanders and these guys will win some more championships after we're gone. No question. I think, um, and I kind of mentioned it after the Citadel game, you know, the rhetoric around, you know, the guys who helped bring the program back as well. You know, what what a great job they did bringing it back, but they weren't very good. They just, you know, we were all we could get. Um, and that's fair. Um, but I think all of us felt, you know, we're pretty good football players. We just need to ride this thing out, and eventually, you know, the wins will come. And I think that down the road, the when we come back, they're going to say 2018 Southern Conference champs, right. and they helped bring the program back. Yeah. And so um, I think that's something that makes it kind of legitimizes us as athletes and as football players. And so um, that's something I'm excited about. I know going out to practice yesterday – I was looking at the wall that said, you know, the conference champions, and 
you know, just a few weeks from now, our name will be up on there, and our 2018, and it'll be in the weight room and in the locker room and things like that. That they'll never take that away from us. And um, I, I've never won a championship. And me and Matt were actually talking about this, other than AAU basketball tournaments. Mm -hmm. um, but nothing with, like, my high school football team or high school basketball team or anything like that. So um, this is special because, um, you know, we earned every single bit of this. And um, it feels good to say that because um, you really feel like you deserve it. Why did you guys come back? Because you mentioned it, Matt, that there were a lot of guys that they were redshirt juniors, they had a year of eligibility, and they were just like, ah. I think I'm good. And there, there's some talented players in that group as well. And I think it ended up being uh, 27 total that you lost from last year's team. But then there's some guys that stuck it out. Was there a thought process of, well, I think it, it might be time to go? Or what made you feel like coming back was the right choice? Uh, Actually, I was one of the guys. I mean, I thought I had my mind 100% made up that I was not going to come back. Uh, things just weren't going my way. And then just the way things were going. Had a job opportunity. You know, just got my degree. And, um, we, you know, we all had to sit down with have individual meetings with Coach Torbush and, you know, some guys and uh, some guys like Austin. You know, he, he was going to come back and Gatewood and some of those guys. And Coach Torbush said, you know, can you sit at home on your – you know, or be at a job, wherever, and watch us play the University of Tennessee and some of these guys and just sit at home and just don't wish you were out there at all. And so I sat there and thought about it. I was like, if I can sit there and watch that game versus UT and not feel bad about it, then I'm, I'm good. But – I suddenly really thought about it, and I was like, you know what? I have the rest of my life to work. You know, I want to enjoy this last year out with my friends. You know, some guys on the team, you know, they still believe in me. They still want me to come back and play. And um, I just want to see how it played out. You know, just give it all I got for one last chance, you know, so I don't want to have any regrets about anything. I'm so, sure you don't right now either, yeah. No. Yeah. Now, I, I remember, you know, a lot, and Matt can attest this to, a lot of our best friends um, decided not to come back. Yeah. And so you start to think about it, like, is it going to be the same without them? Like, do I really want to come back? You know, what's the point? And we just went four and seven. How much better can it really get? Um, and then you get a new coaching staff, and you're like, you know, that's exciting, but think about all the adjustments we're going to have to make. We're already, you know, kind of older. We're on our way out. They're not going to invest too much in us. Um, and so all those thoughts go through your head. And I think the thing for me was kind of like Matt, you know, what's the difference of me going into the, the job world at, you know, 22 or 23? You know, not that big a difference. But I can never get this season of football back. Um, some of my best friends are still here. Why not enjoy one last year with them and, um, you know, kind of finish what we started? And, uh, you know, there was certainly times where I think Matt could say this too, where you're like, why did I come back? This is this is silly. When we're going through mat drills and it's freezing outside <laughs> and we're just running our butts off, you're thinking, why am I here? I don't have to be here. Right. Um, you know, in the middle of fall camp, why are we here? When you lose position battle, why did I come back? But then it's all for those moments like after that Mercer game when you're sitting there thinking, man, I'm about to get a conference championship ring and no one can ever take that from me. That's, that's about as cool as it gets. Let's talk about what's next now we talked with sam herder from hero sports and three guys at hero sports did bracket projections brian mclaughlin who you know did the story on yeah. uh the 11 great i think granite boys is what yeah, the, yeah we uh, call ourselves the homecoming boys by the way okay which okay. is because we played a record number of homecoming games okay. our time here, so. <laughs> the home, i like that it, 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 it fits with the chip on the shoulder mentality and yeah, and yeah that's fantastic um so the homecoming boys and then there is uh, one other i can't quite remember who it was but Sam 
has you in right now uh, playing Nichols. Uh, then going on to play Kennesaw State, the winner. Now he has Nichols winning that game. But uh, the winner going on to face Kennesaw State down in Atlanta. Um, we talked some scenarios with him and basically said we got to root against all the bubble teams, whether it be in the OVC, the CAA, um, pretty much every other conference you can, and uh, hope that the SOCON is looked upon favorably considering there hasn't been the quote-unquote dominant team this year. ETSU's kind of been it, right? But but it's six wins by 16 points. I'm not sure people consider that dominance. And, and so there are a lot of different things to go over. Um, I know the easy answer is go win on the 17th, right? That's obvious. That takes care of itself. And then you're talking maybe getting a – a seed and hosting and that would be best case scenario uh what we also talked to them about is if things don't go our way on the 17th and he said well then it's probably 50 50 depending on what else happens if the season continues or not um extra motivation to go and win that game of the 17th is any needed considering everything that's already on the line but knowing that in a scenario which I don't totally understand, and I think a lot of people upstairs don't either in our administration's office, that somehow this season could end on the 17th if the right things uh, happen for other teams. Um, is that thought about at all? Uh, is it any, anything – does that trigger anything in your guys' mind in terms of these last couple of weeks? Uh, I'd, I'd say probably not just because, I mean, Coach Sanders always looks at it as game 10 game 11 next game and if we take care of our business then more games will happen yeah and i know i because i listen to podcasts i listen to all these interviews and stuff and i know what people are thinking at home no way that's what they think but i i promise you like that just the way we're we're made up as a team it's we can only control what we can control if we go out there and play a great game execute all of our assignments but sanford plays perfect and scores however many points and beats us then, hey, I mean, you just can control what you can control. So we're going to control what we can control. We can't control if we get in the playoffs or not other than just winning the game. And that, to some degree, is out of your control. So right now we're focusing on preparing this week best we can for, for Sanford. The next week we'll do the same. And, you know, obviously want to play one more game or, you know, get into the playoffs. How cool would that be? But um, as I said, you just take care of what you can take care of and, and and then let the chips fall where they may. All right, let me ask it this way. You get to the playoffs. Who do you want to see? Do you want to see Wofford again to be able to say you beat them and you've gotten all the SoCon teams off your list? Do you want to see Kennesaw State, who, of course, we've had some fun jabbing back and forth with them? Um, do you want a shot at JMU again and go there after the early game last year? It, anything stand out amongst all of the teams that are possible? I personally like the Kennesaw game. I like the Kennesaw game. I feel like those games, I mean, that game, it was just a lot of hype, a lot of momentum, the music blasting players on both sidelines jumping up and down, and it was just a good rivalry. I I really like that rivalry. Yeah, yeah, Kennesaw, we do have some history with them, and that that would be really cool. Um, Honestly, to get in the playoffs to play anyone would be cool, but um, this was kind of our dream scenario a few weeks ago. I don't know if this will play out, but – Going back to Montana State, if okay. we could do that somehow, I don't know how they're doing this year, but uh, if somehow that could happen because they they beat us about as good as you can beat anybody, and so if we could go up there and just you know pay them back one, that'd be really cool. Um, but Wofford would be cool. I mean, I think a lot of us feel like that Wofford game 
we left something out there on the table. We didn't execute and communicate as well as we wanted to. So if we could play them again, they're a great opponent. Um, that defense, I know firsthand that Miles Brown, I think is his name, is he's it one is. of the best players I've ever played against. Uh, if we could get another shot at them, you know, I, I think that would be really cool. But um, at this point, if we get in, you know, we're ready to play anybody. Montana State. Five and four. Ah, they're not getting that. Three and three in the league. Yeah, they're they're probably out. It's been interesting to see teams that have been up historically, like a James Madison, like a Montana State, and you know even even like a Wofford, to be quite honest, uh, struggle in the ways that they have. And I think that creates a ton more uncertainty on the uh, playoff spectrum. But uh, regardless, I mean that's something we can worry about. Then uh, I love the Kennesaw idea. I think that's fantastic. That that would be a desired matchup for us because we've had. I, it's so natural to have conversations about that. I'm sure you guys have them. We have them upstairs, too, just because you're around it, and it's fun to think about. And, of course, then we put out you know, that video on Monday and get some John back and forth with them, and you start to think, like, well, I wonder what would happen if we played you know, neutral site, their place, our place, whatever the case may be. And to me, I think there's a very significant chance that we, they're the number two team in the country. I get that. And as I said in that video on Monday, all respect to them because they have done a ton of winning. They are a very good program. Last time we beat them, and that's a different team, much different than where it is now, at least in terms of results. And so, anyway, I think that is a, a very – it would be fun for not only yourselves, fans, everybody involved. Uh, you guys got a lot of history. You go way back. I, I want to hear some Austin Herrick and Matt Thompson stories from – well before college, as far back as it goes, because I feel like you guys know each other so well and have come so far you know, in a roundabout way together. Yeah. I think so the first time was eighth the, grade, the eighth, right? Yeah, the eighth grade, yeah, eighth grade. Yeah, so we played in this Tennessee-Kentucky All-Star game, and it was just, I guess they picked, like, the best middle school players. I was going to ask, do they have eighth grade All-Star games? Yeah, oh, okay. it was yeah. the first one. Yeah, we went to some combine. In like, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah, we went to combine. Not yeah, we went to some They com- start you early, don't they? Yeah, they had, they had combines in Knoxville, Nashville, and Memphis, and they, like, tried to get the best middle school players in the state. And um, so I guess they picked me for some reason, and Matt was there. And um, a lot of the guys, we like Matthew Pike was there. And wow. so a lot of the guys that we played with, we're on that team, and uh, we went up there and we beat Kentucky. Um, and that the MVP won at Prevo. Yes, I'm Prevo. And he actually was in the first signing class here, and things didn't pan out. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of ETSU in that, which yeah. was crazy. Um, and then freshman year, mm-hmm. Matt played quarterback at Morristown, and we went up there and played Morristown, and they beat us. Yep. Uh, which I don't hear the end of that. <laughs> um, and then. The next time I saw you was at a track meet after our senior yeah, year. Yeah, it was, it was I was watching. Meet. Yeah, at MTSU, I was watching my buddy, and I had I hadn't really kept up with Matt, but he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to the Citadel." And I was like, "Well, I'm going to Middle," and you know, we just kind of talked in passing, and then all of a sudden, he shows up at ETSU and. Here we are. So it wasn't one of those things where, like, you were necessarily, like, in touch with each other, but if you saw each other at different yeah. events, you'd just yeah. be like, hey. Oh, we, you yeah, know, we, we the, saw the each other. Senior, uh, yeah, the senior. The, I forgot uh, about yeah. that. Yeah. The, the Tennessee East-West game, yeah, our East, senior East year. West game, see, yeah. we, played, uh, we played in that All-Star game mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, me, you, Juwan Stinson. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like Austin Gatewood. His dad was actually the coach. Matthew okay. Pike, again, was on that team. That was the first time that he was actually my center. So um, I need to get some footage of that. Um, who else was on that team? Connor York, yeah. Adam Mitchell, Hank Black, Hank Black. 
I mean, there's if you look at that, uh, Kendall Lawrence yeah, was on the West. I mean, there was probably 15, uh, Juwan, not Juwan, but Khalil. Yeah. Um, we probably had 15 or 20 ETSU guys on that um, on that all-star team and in that game. And um, just to kind of see how it all panned out, that whole first class, for most of us were from Tennessee. So we either played against each other or certainly knew about one another. So um, it's pretty cool to see how we all came together. That is crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Matt, Austin, we're out of time, I think. I know you guys got to go to uh, to practice, too. I've kept you over time. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks um, for having us. Austin Herrick, Matt Thompson, Richard Seniors for the ETSU football team on the route tree, traditional route tree back next week. Austin will rejoin us in one week next Friday. That'll be, boy, uh, about 24 hours before ETSU takes on Sanford in the outright Southern Conference Championship game. When we're back, bold predictions. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole, the clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. 19- 13. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye for all your printing needs. There is no way LeBron James leaves Cleveland again. I agree with Jarvis Landry. I think the Browns are a Super Bowl contender this year. How in the world can you not see that Big Baller Brand is far superior to making the NBA than Puma? Now, rumors fly a lot. Jason Witten is not going to Monday Night Football. 
I mean, the Mike Ayers rumor that he's leaving, no way. I bet he's there until 2025. Terrell Owens has made a career off jawing, running his mouth. Will he be in Chattanooga for his Hall of Fame induction? No chance. He'll be in Canada. Bold prediction. Bold prediction Friday. Jay Sandoz, Mike Gallagher. I want to know why Mike Gallagher didn't have the bold prediction that Terrell Owens would actually wear an ETSU hat uh, before this year was over with. Because you would have nailed that, my friend. How genius would I be? Now, do you like Chattanooga anymore now that their most famous alum is coming to the blue and gold side? Uh... Maybe a little? No, no. No, no, no. Well, here's the deal is because do I like Chattanooga more because he's seen the light? It makes me like Terrell Owens more. Okay. It doesn't make me like Chattanooga anymore, but uh, he's seen the light. I, I mean, he saw clearly the better squad, and he just needed one volleyball match to, to turn his allegiance. I like that. I think T.O. could use some good press. He doesn't get a lot of it. So the fact that you are willing to, as a press member, talk him up now, and I use press member relatively loosely. Yeah, loose. I was going to say. But still. Uh, it's something. It's a start for Terrell Owens because the whole sit-ups in the parking lot, the whole kerfuffle with the Hall of Fame speech and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's been one thing after another for Terrell Owens. So the fact that he is finally starting to be seen in a more positive way, at least by yourself, maybe one day everyone. You're the start. I don't – I'm the start, the start of, all, of, progress. of everybody. You're the start of progress. Okay. So Thanks if he can it. sway me, there's hope for everybody. You're a minor celebrity in this area. So if you can be a minor celebrity in this area and start to influence this area, then you can start to influence the state, then the region, then the country, and then maybe the world. I think if he could swing angry man, mm. then you've done some good work. Now, what are his thoughts on Terrell Owens? My guess, because he didn't play for the Bears, he hates him. That's like the only team he didn't play for, it seemed like, by the end. Yeah, but I, I think that's probably right. It's a big one. Flexed Bears-Vikings in, I think, two weeks on Sunday Night mm. Football. <laughs> Me so, and Angry Man might come to blows on the Tuesday segment after that game. Well, or the, before that game. For the Bears, I think they play three straight in the division. So that's certainly going to be interesting because they got the Lions-Vikings-Lions all sandwiched together. And the last Lions game uh, is also going to be Thursday night. So they got flexed. Think about that. They got flexed to a Sunday night. And then a quick turnaround against Detroit Thursday for Thanksgiving. I'm never going to tell this to Angry Man, but in one of my fantasy football leagues, I'm starting Mitch Trubisky. Oh. And it is brilliant. I'm, that's my one league I'm winning in. Every other league is a complete train wreck. I actually traded away literally every draft pick I owned to pick up a running back and two wide receivers in the one league. I've, I'm finally down to one league in all my fantasies. I'm not. I was the guy that was in like seven. I take that back, because we had a small office one for baseball. So I guess technically in baseball too. But um, down to one football, one basketball, one golf. Believe that or not, yeah. one hockey. Hockey. Uh, wow. Yeah. And uh, two. Uh, uh, we had two baseball. But honestly, you were in that league with me. I didn't really try. I uh, I kind of gave up on that right about early July. My team was okay, but I was still at the bottom of my division, and, and I really was questioning joining it in the first place. Here's my bold prediction. Uh, I will not be in that league next year. <laughs> well, I'm a, they're probably going to kick me out because I spend more time trying to change my team name and finding a compromising photo of the other team's manager you come than up I do with some actually manage which is nice. Yeah, yeah, so, I, there's plenty of hate spewed at me. Yeah, regardless of if you're good in the league or not, I'd say the names and the effort you put into those are better than anything you're actually doing in the competitiveness of the league anyway. So I think you've got the right approach. Yeah, no, I, I mean, if you're going to finish dead last, let's, let's do it in style. Uh, Jacob, what are bold predictions looking like? And please don't be too harsh because I can't, 
my heart hurts after the Amari Cooper 125-yard prediction last Jacob, week. Jacob, whoa, whoa, Jacob, don't let him complain. Ugh. I was going to give the 350 because Mercer was averaging almost 500 at home. Mike gives me the elbow. I wilt and go with 300, yeah, and it ended up at the – and it's, it's, it's all because Pinkleton. Pinkleton was offside. So what was it, 310 yards? It was, Mercer 310. Gained, and you, you predicted 300 or less, and it was going to be 350. Well, I've cost you yet again. The mind games I play on this segment, are it's one of my favorite things to do. All right, Jacob. What's, uh, we're changing up a little bit, I think. Go. Yeah, you're right. It is a little bit different, but we'll get to that in just a moment because, Jay, you did make a little bit of a gain on Mike in the leaderboard this week. Mike went 0 for 3. He's only got, he still only has 10 right for the whole year. Batting 303, just over the 300 line. Jay, you got one right last week. Baylor over Oklahoma State. You've now got eight right for the semester, batting 229. Now, see why I didn't say just a touchdown for Amari Cooper. Wouldn't that not have been enough? 125 yards. 58, but 58 yards. Come on. A touchdown. Why didn't I say that? I'm all turned around. What are we doing this week? So we're going to do something a little different this week, right? Uh, Yes. Yes, we are. Jacob, you want to go over that? Yeah, a little bit different predictions here, guys. I need one for your all-season predictions for ETSU men's basketball, one for ETSU women's basketball, one. And one total one for SoCon, and we'll come back to these in March and see how y'all did. All right, so there you go. So we're going long-term. We're going away from the short-term just for this week. Long-term, most are going to be ETSU men's, women's. We'll maybe throw SoCon in there. I don't know if you want to bat. You're you're the champ. I'm deferring. You had the chance to actually see men's basketball earlier this week. I was just listening to it, so I I want you – to give your prediction. I might play off that. I'm still kind of thinking about the men's basketball, I want to be honest, for ETSU. So we go men's basketball, ETSU, women's basketball, ETSU, then SOCON? Uh, men's basketball, women's basketball, SOCON. SOCON. Okay. So what's your men's basketball one? Uh, men's basketball, I'm going to go five postseason accolades. So to explain that, yeah. last year ETSU had six because DeSante Bradford was uh, player of the year, first team, McLeod was second team, uh, and then we had two freshmen uh, on the team, Milad Narmus. Bo Hodges, Bo Hodges was the freshman of the year. So I'm going with that because I think the odds are stacked against ETSU to have a player of the year where Francois McGee, clearly the early season favorites are. Now there were guys that were predicted on the uh, first or second. Now they don't do first or second team preseason. They just throw ten guys on there. Right. And I know ETSU got three without uh, anybody playing, but one of those guys uh, had a one for six start, over four from three. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. The other thing is ETSU is not probably going to rely on freshmen as much as they did last year. Now again, one game, so Carlos Curtis didn't get in. Uh, clearly, you, you, in the first game against Georgia State, clearly. Last night's game against Hawassee is just a bloodbath, and you're, you know, the, the get right game. So you get everybody out there, everybody feels better. So I'm, I'm speaking stat wise, I'm really talking the Georgia State game. It's more apples to apples, Division One. But I, I'm going with the, the now Coach Forbes could be included in that uh, because that's a that's a post. But my thing is, I, I'm I think this prediction less and less. Well, I think where ETSU is going to struggle is the the freshmen because you can rack up some some accolades because there's five freshmen really. You know, freshmen don't play a lot around the league, generally speaking, so you can get one or two guys in there quickly. But I just think ETSU A only has two freshmen, and against a Division One opponent, Carlos Curtis didn't get in. So we'll just, we'll just have to wait and see. And Davion Williamson really just played sparing minutes because, let's be honest, Isaiah Tyndale 
had a coming out party against Georgia State. He almost, I mean, he showed he could rebound, defend, assist, could get to the rim. Didn't hit a three in that in that game against Georgia State. Again, we're I'm glossing over Hawassi, and I don't mean to do that, but. Again, as we're talking bold predictions, Division One, SoCon play, nobody's going to give you an all-conference performance against Hawassi. Right, you've got to do it all season. This so I'm going with five. That's my men's prediction. The brilliance of what I'm about to say, and of course I think I'm brilliant, right? James Harrison is going to shoot 65% or above from the field. Mm. And I know that's a huge mm. number, but the reason I'm going that is because well, Georgia State was weird, right? Because it was... Five minutes, and we talked about this with Mike White on Wednesday, Sports Information Director, ETSC Men's Basketball. Five minutes, and I came away from that game having to look at the box score to figure out how much he played because it felt like it was 15, 20, maybe even 25 minutes. And it's obviously tough not actually watching the game, but it's you know, you're not going to say every five seconds, like James Harrison's on the floor, like you're not pandering just to me. But I felt like he played regular sub minutes, and I look later, three of three, six points. He was part of that four-point lead ETSU built late in the second half along with Jerome Rodriguez and Milad and Armas. They all had buckets to build that four-point lead before Georgia State went on the 7 nothing run. And again, I'm doing the same thing with uh, Hawassi. But uh, point being, James Harrison's a tremendously offensive, talented player. Defensively, there have been questions, right? I think we saw some good things early on in this season, first couple games with James Harrison defensively. I don't know how much he's going to play, so that's why I'm not saying, oh, he's going to average double figures in points, or he's going to average a double-double, or he'll have eight double-doubles, or whatever. Especially with the depth it looks like ETSU could have in the front court now with Armis, Rodriguez, and Harrison. It might be tough to get minutes for James, especially if he still is struggling on the defensive side and Steve Forbes sees some of that. But I think that when he's out there, he's going to be an offensive force. Minute for minute, he could be the best offensive big man on this team. Sixty-five percent higher. And Georgia State again, apples to apples, right? But the Georgia State game, they were not particularly big for a, a Sun Belt team with a lot of accolades, and they really weren't big. So it wasn't particularly a great matchup, I think, for for James Harrison because when Georgia State started to make a run and, and had some smaller guys, we saw Bo Hodges back at the four position. So I think matchups will also help James Harrison, but he's very skilled offensively. James, don't let me down. Yeah, yeah. I'm pumped. I'm, I'm going with that. I'm going to go women's basketball. Yes. I'm going Brittany Zill's first regular season championship okay. at ETSU and the double of going to the NCAA tournament for the first time in her career. Wow. And for the women's team, the first time since the late Karen Kemp took them on the end of a three-peat back in 09-10. Now, I'm interested to see what you think happens this weekend. At Cincinnati, at Michigan State. Remember, we had both those teams here last year. This is a tough way to open Split. the season. Split. Boom. Go Cincinnati, on there right now. W Cincinnati. W Cincinnati. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I had that backward. You're right. Because they should have beat Michigan State last year. They had the ball uh, rolled around and popped time. out, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going uh, the win at East Lansing. Okay. And I'm going a hard-fought six-point loss uh, tonight, so tonight against, against Cincinnati. Tonight against Cincinnati. Okay. It's difficult, man. I love what Brittany Zell does with scheduling because it's much like, um, you know, many coaches do, I think, with ETSU especially, but, but programs around the country as well. Hey, let's prepare our teams to face some of the best in the nation and go in there and fight as hard as we can. And then once conference play comes around, there should be no surprises. You should be able to settle into more of a group because you've already played teams that are hypothetically better than most in your conference. I'm going to go Erica Haynes-Overton. Multiple triple-doubles this year. 
And I don't know if that is something that has ever happened in ETSU history. It's a beautiful. Uh, I'm applauding you. the Thank boldness you. of in, that. In fact, if you want to give me the point now for it. Oh, well, no, that's, oh, that's, that's not where you're going with that. Not, you, well, first of all, you said multiple. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's going to – I want to say there was one uh, – did Tartar have one early in her career? I want to say – I think she might um, have. Uh, and I know there were a couple. Sierra Evans uh, flirted with a couple. Multiples, though, in the same year. No, and and I'll say this: we'll we'll double check with our our resident stat guy, yes. uh, and that uh, being Kevin Brown, because um, he would know that off the top of his head, covering women's basketball for years. But I want to say there was only one, but I cannot come up with who had it. But that it, it's certainly something that hasn't happened a lot. I like the boldness of it, the way she she plays. I mean, she had a couple of. Uh, a double-digit steals game. So not only you're talking about rebounds and assists, she's got four categories right, exactly. that she could certainly uh, put uh, double digits in those. And that's the thought process. And the fact that she was not Southern Conference preseason player of the year. Chip on the shoulder. It makes me believe more. It's not. It's maybe an insult, and I hope that's how she takes it. But for me, that makes her ever the more dangerous. And steals, rebounds, assists, points, whatever it is. I mean, she's... Hell, I, she could get a rebounds, assists, and steals. You know, I mean, she's probably going to be the number one option. Quadruple double. Maybe I could have gone quadruple double this year, but I'm just going to go two multiple, two, three, four, whatever it is, multiple triple doubles this year for Erica Haynes Overton as the number one option for ETSU women's basketball. And if she does that, I think we're in pretty good shape for your prediction as well. Bold, love Bold it. That that was. I like it. That was that was one of our better ones that uh, we've come up with when we you've come up with. Uh, so SoCon wise. Yeah. Gone back and forth, you know. Do uh, do I pick a team to do better than than what they're supposed to? Do I, I try to pick another team's opposing player to do this or that? Or what does the league do in the non-league and blah blah blah? But I think it, since it's bold, mm-hmm. and I feel like both men's and women's um, conference top tier two three teams. Really, in the men top three for sure. Now, again, things could shake out, but I think when you look at Wofford with the good showing on Tuesday against UNCG, where Fletcher McGee did not play, so they lost by eleven, and McGee's shooting numbers were atrocious. So think about that. I think he was uh, seven for twenty-one, maybe three for fifteen or something from three. Like he did not have a great night. Um, seven of twenty-three, three of sixteen. Oh, I was close. Three fifteen. And on top of that, no rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks. Yeah. So <laughs> they only lost by eleven. I know it was at home, but they only lost by eleven. Yeah. To North Carolina with him doing that. So uh, clearly, I like Wofford. Uh, UNCG's tough to to ignore. Defending champions, I think you always give the defending champion respect. Plus, they return <laughs> a lot of people uh, besides uh, Alonzo. So uh, I think. Um, I'm going and, and even women's basketball. Let's say this: Mercer. Uh, I know they lost Khalil Lawrence, but they've got another one. Uh, uh, Kiki's uh, Player of the Year, I think, with Haynes Overton and what they're doing. I'm going a win in the NCAA tournament for the SoCon. Okay, okay, on either side. Either side, just a win. Which that, how about a win for both sides? Oof, I'm not going to go okay. that ball. But but I mean, if let's be honest. If we go fifty uh, percent, right? That's a that's still a pretty good clip because you got to think about um, 
I don't know. I think Chattanooga had a win in NCAA tournament, but it was almost a decade ago. Wow. And uh, men's, I'm trying to think, the last men in the SOCON was when the Bucks were in the A-Sun. Um, gosh. Was it Davidson then with Curry? I'd have to I'd have to go back and look that up. But it's been a while since either league. Uh, I mean, matter of fact, pe- people take shots at the ASIN, but the ASIN has had multiple uh, wins in the NCAA tournament hmm. uh, uh, since I think Davidson had their Elite Eight run. And which, they're obviously the outlier. No, yeah, yeah. Ste- mean, Steph Curry Steph is the Curry is. Argue, arguably one of the, if not the best, at least in the top three world best players. Right? Yes, and school for school, pound for pound the most talented college basketball player of how long? I mean, go back however many years, and there's been a lot of really good ones, but a lot of those players have been at really big schools, and a lot of those players have been way more traditional. Steph Curry still, to me, stands out in my lifetime as the most revolutionary, and we may be seeing one with Zion Williamson after what he did early on, and, of course, Jalen Rose. Did you see Jalen Rose? I know he's your guy from Michigan, but... He wouldn't start in the Fab Five. You know, can we quit living in the past? Uh, the Fab Five had nothing, maybe skill-wise, they were fantastic, but no one was like Zion Williamson in that day and age. No one was like LeBron James in that day and age. No one was like the modern-day player that we see. So I'm sorry to, who is it, uh, Ray King, and who is the other one that wasn't really famous? Ray, Ray Jackson Ray and Jackson. Jimmy King. That's right. I combined them. Yeah, so Jimmy Jackson and Ray King or whatever the which, name is. Which, which uh, I think uh, it was uh, Ray was the last to start. So Ray didn't originally – actually, Ray and G- Jimmy didn't start the first couple games. Then he got in the lineup. And it took Ray another probably five, six more games. It was about 10, 12 games in. And then and then it kind of all took off. Zion but Williams, I will say this. Zion Williamson would wax the floor with either of those the, guys in their prime. The uh, – Right now, eighteen. Years well, old. but I mean, what, let's think about it. his his position would be. Well, his position would be what Jimmy's playing. So yeah, he probably probably could be six eight yeah. two eighty. Did you see him? He had the block yeah. on one end, ran the floor, dropped the dime, the little bounce pass into the lane. Ah oh, man, but, I mean, I mean, you're, you're talking about. So you that know, was against the number two team in the country. You know, Juwan Howard was five. Well, and, and again, preseason ranking Kentucky's Kentucky. You never know. Right. Sure, sure, sure. Still, still point still. taken. That's a high rank. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but you're, you're talking about Juwan Howard was the. The five and very good player. Weber was a a transitional four because yep. he could also dribble yep. and could do some things with it. But the the weird thing about Duke is Williamson stepping into a named program, and I know there's a lot more one and dones now. And I think the argument, and I'm just guessing because I didn't hear Jalen's thing, but his I didn't ar- either. I just saw the but, headline. <laughs> but his his argument, I think, is because of the one and dones, it freed up a spot for him where traditionally. You've got to beat out a guy that's been there two, three years. Um, the other thing I would argue to the flip side of that is Michigan was not obviously very good. They had some holdovers from that championship team, but they were freshmen on that championship, which really Glenn Rice just lost his mind. I know Ramil Robinson at the free, but Glenn Rice for a tournament shot like 65% from the floor. He was 54% from three. I mean, he just lost his mind. Yeah. Right. He put together three three games that made his pro career for 10 years to just live off that. But they weren't very good at the time. They were about a 14-14, and 14-15 14, 14 and 15 team the year before that. You're talking about Williamson stepping into a Duke team that's got obviously some players and can do. So, yeah, I, I think he probably could weasel his way into the – I mean, if you had to move Chris Weber to a three and kick Jimmy King out, I think you could do it. I've clearly got, gotten a sidetrack, but uh, I was just infuriated by that. Mine for the Southern Conference, UNCG on the men's side, not a top-two team. 
and I'll just leave Woo! you with that. I will just leave you with that. Woo! Oh boy, I'm leaving you <laughs> with that. The shot. Boom! Across the bow. Wow. Well. I'll tell you who's going to like that. All the Buck fans on Twitter may put you in the crosshairs. I mean, Kennesaw State's already aiming at you. Who are we pandering to? I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to go. Collegiate Athletics needs a little bit more of what we're doing here. That's all I'm saying. Oh, not even in the top two. You you know, it's – I don't know that – that bold, but that's still pretty good. Everyone's still pretty good. Them the conference title. Everybody's saying, "Oh, they've got all this." I get it. They've got some good players, no doubt about it. But to just hand them the conference title and say they're head and shoulders above ETSU and Wofford, I have a hard time believing. All right, there you go. There's our bold season Woo! predictions. Monday we'll down, recap Jacob. some men's women's basketball, and we'll get you set for playoff football. Uh, well, I say that ETSU still has to play for a conference oh, championship. Oh, oh. Look at me. Look at me. Conference championship. Santos sidekick. Monday.